Hey, and thanks for joining us on this week's episode of For All Things Lexington, the only show dedicated to Lexington, South Carolina, and where a spade is always a spade. Here, we'll talk to and about people, places, groups, things to do, and places to go in and around Lexington, South Carolina. I'm your host, Angela Barrett, and this is For All Things Lexington. Hey guys, thanks for having me today. This is pretty cool out here. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, I, um, I, you know, heard a lot about it, um, especially from a neighbor of mine, but um, hadn't had the chance to get out here. And this is pretty neat. I love this building. Um, this is beautiful. Thank you. Um, how long have you guys been opened? So we've been open about eight and a half years now. Oh wow. Uh, we actually started the project probably three years before that. Um, a lot of research, and then we had a couple of years of uh, construction and licensing, too. Um, and then we opened up December 26th of 2014. Nice. So, Hollow Creek Distillery? Yes. Is that what we say? Is that how you say it? All right, so tell me what that is in essence. What are, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> So we are basically all things distilled spirits. Um, we've got a pretty broad product portfolio right now. Um, we started out with moonshine. Actually on day one, it was just clear moonshine. And then over the next little while, we added different flavors um, to make moonshine a little more approachable and everybody likes flavored moonshine. Yeah, sea anyway. salt caramel is my favorite. It, it's a very popular one. <laughs> um, and then we added other products as we went. Um, so now we're up to uh, essentially four distributed products. We have two, two brands of bourbon, uh, one called William Allen and one called High Cotton. And we have a vodka, it's called Low Water, and we have a cinnamon whiskey called White Hot. And uh, I see the uh, medals, so, but y'all won two awards just recently i know one with the state and one with the free times i guess about the best but what are these medals so these medals are a few competitions we entered last year in 2022 we've never really done spirits competitions before um, so we decided last year that hey we'll kind of throw our hat in the ring too and just see how we stack up because you know all the all the really big distilleries enter these things um, so we entered three. It was the Los Angeles International Spirits Competition, San Francisco World Spirits Fair, and New York International Spirits Competition. Um, and honestly, I thought we're gonna enter, you know, about three or four products in each of these. And if we win one medal somewhere, I'm gonna be thrilled. So we surprised everybody, ourselves probably more than anybody else. <laughs> um, and I think we ended up winning 14 medals wow. altogether. We won uh, several gold medals and actually a double gold medal at New York International. Wow. And that double gold means that it was a unanimous gold by all the judges. Oh, wow. Um, and so, and all that was last year. Yes. Yes. Wow. Congratulations. That's, that's impressive. Um, now, the, um, like I said, the state and the free times, I know those are just where people pick the best. Um, and you won that last year. Yeah, so we've won both of those the last three or four years running. Um, 
We'll see how this year turns out. Voting's still open. It's you know certainly nice to win local awards. Sure, sure, sure. That's what we're kind of built on. That's the people who are buying it. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So um, you said you do a bourbon and a vodka and uh, what was the other? So we have a cinnamon whiskey. Oh, cinnamon whiskey. Yep, and a second bourbon. Okay. Um, and then you have all the moonshine stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, well, that's cool. And how did y'all get started? I mean, what made you say, wake up one morning and go, let's, let's make whiskey? <laughs> so there's a little bit of a family or a little bit of a story to it. I had a really good family friend um, who, if you think about your stereotypical moonshiner, from the Discovery TV channel. I mean, sure. it was this guy, all right? <laughs> in the woods, buried somewhere. Right. And <laughs> in the woods, overalls, the whole deal. Um, and he essentially made moonshine in this area uh, the majority of his life. He learned from his father, and they worked together for a while. Um, so if you fast forward a lot, um, 2009, South Carolina passes a law that basically creates the uh, the the permitting process, the structure for micro distilleries. And that's the permit we, uh, we operate under as a micro distillery. Um, well, Lamar was the guy's name. He read about it in the newspaper right after the law was passed and kind of said, that's all I've really ever wanted to do. Um, and it, there's a little bit of a longer story to it, but essentially he and I talked about it a few times. I thought it was a really good idea. Um, he kind of wasn't sold. He had, he had dipped his toe in the water a little bit and said, well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. And I said, well, look, I want to build it. So can you help us out? And that's where it started. Um, at, at that point, we, were, we weren't really on the cutting edge of distilleries in South Carolina anymore. There were a few that had opened. Um, a couple of them were struggling mightily already. So it was, it was very obvious that this is you know, a hyper-competitive business and it's very easy to lose money in which I wasn't interested in doing. Right. Um, so we did take about a year to figure out, you know, just how do we want to get into the business and, um, you know, kind of what we thought was a decent plan to not lose money. Then after we convinced ourselves that, yeah, we can actually make a go of this. It, it took us two years to, you know, find property that we liked and, and build a functional facility. That's the other catch. You have to have a functional facility before you can get your permit. So um, it was a long road, but... So now is where we are now, which is right by the lake, um, Hollow Creek right Mm -hmm. here, (laughs) I guess that's like you said, where you get the name from, Um, was this family land? It was not. It was not. Okay. Because there's a story of somewhere I read um, as before I got here about land that was passed down from King... George or yes, given so, by so. Um, so you're probably reading my family story. Okay. And, um, that we've been here forever. So I'm an Amick. Um, it's a it's a fairly big Lexington County name, I guess you would say. Yes. Um, we have a 12 year old son who is the tenth generation of my family right here. Um, if you go all the way back, I think the story goes back to 1752. A guy by the name of Conrad Emig immigrated from Germany and settled in what was at the time the Dutch Fork area of South Carolina. It was the area between the Little Saluda River and the Saluda River. Um, When he immigrated, it was himself, his wife, and one young son. And at the time, you could get a land grant for 50 acres per person. Um, So 
you know, my family essentially started out with a 150 acre land grant between the Saluda and Little Saluda rivers. And we've been here ever since. I mean, that land is now flooded, but we are only a few miles from it. So huh. we don't get out too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, <I> <laughs> <Move> too <far. laughs> That's funny. So you have to have this up and running before you get your permit. I think that's where we were before I took a sidebar. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And you said that took about a year before you really. Well, it, it took us a couple of years. A couple of um, years. We started out, you know, once we said, yes, we're actually going to do this and think we have a pretty good plan. We started, you know, by looking for real estate. You asked if this was family and it absolutely was not. Um, so we looked around at what was available at the time and, you know, you get into Lexington County zoning and everything else. And this one just kind of, it fit very nicely yeah. for what we wanted to do. Um, so being in real estate, you know, it takes, and, and this property was actually fairly challenging to buy. It had several interests that um, had to be run down. Uh, it was it was split three ways. And, oh, goodness. Uh, Two of the gentlemen, I think, had passed away, and it was so oh. it was tied up in a couple of estates. It was, oh, it was no. challenging to buy this place. Um, it took us a little time, but then after that, once we got it, it was um, completely undeveloped. Like we started. So th none of this was here. It was woods. None of this was here. It was oh. wooded on a dirt road. We even got the luxury of paving the road so that we could put it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a fun job. Um, now, where did y'all come up with the, your logo? The Hollow Creek. Hollow Creek Distillery logo. Distillery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have a, a good friend. So we were high school sweethearts. I went to, we, we went to Gilbert High School. Right. And um, we have a good friend who also went to Gilbert High School with us. And she um, went on to be an art teacher, actually, in Lexington One. And um, she helped us when we had this idea. She helped us design um, our Hollow Creek logo and really some of our first labels she helped design. Um, so it's been, been great. Yeah. Now the one with the dog, what is that one of your dogs? No, it is not actually. So that is, that is Gus. So, um, we are, there is Hollow Creek Kennels here. You, you're aware we're in the Hollow Creek area. This is right, right where Hollow Creek empties into Lake Murray. And so, um, there's Hollow Creek Distillery, Hollow Creek Christmas Tree Farm, where you can yes. go buy your Christmas trees at, at the season. Um, and then there's Hollow Creek Kennels, and they raise champion Boykins. And so this is just a nod to us being in that area. Um, and Gus was the granddaddy of the line of Hollow Creek Kennels. And um, so we decided also to honor our South Carolina heritage. Again, you can tell from my accent, we're from here. <laughs> and so the Boykin Spaniel is the South Carolina state dog. So we decided right. to put that um, on the label as well. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so um, all of your labels have um, different, I mean, they're all not the same. I mean, you wouldn't even know unless you read it, I guess. That they are from, well, I guess it does. Some of the scrolling is the same. I was just trying to look at the labels and see, you know, what would say if I was just walking by, oh, I know where that came from. But I guess it would be some of that. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah. So the look and feel of some of the labels are the same, um, but they really are kind of standalone brands. Um, that, you know, our moonshine is, is basically Hollow Creek moonshine. So it's, it's pretty well identified, but 
these four brands are essentially what we distribute and, and really they're standalone brands. Um, of course, if you look on the back, it's going to say distilled and bottled by Hollow Creek Distillery. Um, and some of them have the same look and feel, especially the two bourbons. Right. You got kind of the, the antique or yeah. aged look or something like that. Um, but if you just walk into your local Red Dot store and see it and you're not familiar with us, there's nothing about it that screams, oh, Hollow Creek Distillery made that. I gotcha. But they are beautiful. I mean, they really are. Um, now, y'all do a couple of things here. I know that you've got coming up a comedy night, and you, which you've done before. Now, do you plan on continuing if doing those? Absolutely. So um, we've got one coming up very soon, and then we'll continue those on in the future. They've been really well attended. Uh, we bring a comedian in here and have food truck outside and open bar inside and um, and just enjoy that time. And folks like to come in and, and have a little relaxation and a couple of laughs. Yeah. And that's probably great for this area. I mean, there's not a lot in this direction. I know it's coming. Right. I right. mean, because, um, you know, Lexington's full. <laughs> right. Everything's kind of moving this way, but you're right. There's just not a lot that's out right. here right now. Um, so any chance that we can... We can take to kind of, you know, bring people together and have a good time, um, a night full of laughs. Yeah, you know, it was the first time we did it. I wasn't sure it was going to work, but it's been fantastic. So, yeah, we'll keep doing it. And y'all are opened Thursday through Saturday? Thursday? Right. So, Thursday afternoon from 1 to 7, and then Friday and Saturday we're open from 10 to 7. And y'all have tastings at some point where people can come in and taste yep anytime we're open stop by um and we've got the tasting bar set up here you're welcome to try anything you want um that could be dangerous <laughs> <laughs> well we are limited with how, with how much we, we get deserve. uber out here <laughs> <laughs> you can get uber it's rather expensive but you can <laughs> And so what, uh, what other kind of things um, do you guys do, um, you know, that would bring in, a, you know, like a group of people? Um, so we've, we've done a few barrel releases for our bourbon. We've got um, probably three or four more barrels that we're going to release as single barrels yet this year. Um, we actually did a couple of pretty cool things with the last barrel we released. We had a, a barrel pick party, so we... You know, sold tickets, let people come in, and, and we had kind of pre-selected four barrels. And we let everybody taste each of the four and then vote for which one they wanted us to barrel or bottle. And then the following week, we invited people back out to come help bottle that barrel. Oh, neat. Um, so we had folks that, you know, attended both. And then they essentially get the opportunity to say, hey, I helped pick this barrel. And then I bottled these bottles. Yeah. And he, so it gives you a little bit of a story to go along with your um, your single barrel, barrel proof bourbon. So we'll do that probably at least three more times this year. Um, and then we're also getting ready to kick off kind of a special release series. Um, we're going to call it, uh, I think, Family Reserve is what we're going to call it. So we'll have uh, Family Reserve releases. They'll be on some regular schedule. Um Right now, we're thinking monthly, but I wouldn't chisel that in stone. <laughs> right. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Now, I know y'all do something with people. I saw on Facebook, I think, you did something with people's birthday. 
We definitely celebrate birthdays here. So if you come in on a Saturday in your birthday month, you get a free bottle of our low water vodka. So uh, we ask folks to come in and they can take a picture with their bottle, share it on social media and let their other friends know that they can come in and do the same thing. So that's been a really, really, uh, really you know, positive thing. People love it. People yeah. always talk about that. So I know so we were talking about some of the events that we've done. We have also done... Um, We've had bands, live bands come out uh, with food trucks and that kind of thing. And we will do that again as it gets cooler. Nobody wants to sit outside when it's right. 105 uh, in the South Carolina summer. But we'll do that again as well as we do free cocktail Saturdays um, to one Saturday a month. If you happen to come in for your Saturday birthday bottle on the free cocktail Saturday, we do um, we'll hand out. One of the biggest hills we had to climb when we just started with Moonshine was how do you mix this stuff. What do you, how do you make a drink with it? And so we've just continued um, you, basically handing out a free cocktail, showing folks how to mix their drinks. Um, and sometimes we do that with our moonshines, but then often we'll feature some of our bourbons or vodka as well. And so we, again, those are on the calendar as well and um, give folks some drinks ideas and things that they can make at home. I'm certainly not Martha Stewart, so I'm not making anything really <laughs> <Me> fancy. either. <laughs> I'm not making anything fancy, but we're just trying to do something simple and something you can repeat at home and enjoy with friends. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Now, um, as far as the recipes, like, are there online anywhere? Like, so we do, after the fact, we'll share them on our social media. We have Facebook and Instagram. Um, we do have a website and we do periodically post some recipes there, but the you know majority of those are going to be on our social media platforms. I gotcha. I gotcha. And like if people want to know if you're, uh, the day you're going to have a food truck or band, I mean, they just need to follow the page and, and make sure they're they know when all that's going to happen. Right? Absolutely. So on um, on Facebook and Instagram, we always post our events as well as our, our website does have a page separate for events. So you can click on there and kind of see what's coming up if you want to plan your your next next couple of months. So that'll be on, on the schedule. We always, one of our most popular cocktail Saturdays is... Um, we usually do it the Saturday before Christmas. I think this year, the Saturday before Christmas is the 23rd. So that's a little close to Christmas. So I think we'll do it the 16th this year, but we always uh, share a cup of hot chocolate. And so for, um, for the adults that are over age 21, they get to choose whatever spirit they want to spike their hot chocolate with. And then for the kiddos, they get their, their just plain hot chocolate. And um, we always have marshmallows and whipped cream and sprinkles and all the things that you might oh, want yeah. on your. Yeah. Um, and every now and then, Santa makes an appearance at this uh, hot chocolate uh -huh. social. And I get it. <laughs> so we'll have a, uh, we'll do a, um, a lot of times we'll have a, Bloodmobile out here as well. We often host a Bloodmobile um, so that folks um, can come in from the community and donate blood and don't have to go all the way to Lexington or Columbia to do that. So a lot of times they're out here so that you can do your good deed right there around the holiday season as well as come in and grab a cup of hot chocolate. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, now, y'all have some kind of frozen drink, according to my neighbor, Bill. Um, he dearly loves. <laughs> so what is that? <laughs> so on Saturdays during the summer, we make slushies, basically. Okay. We, um, the, the flavors always change each week. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, kind of what we decide we want to make. Um, and then we make two versions of each. We make a non-alcoholic one for anybody that's not interested in alcohol um, or anyone under 21. 
And then we make the, the same slushies with vodka. So you can come in and get a, a spiked slushie. Those are really popular during the summer. Yeah, I should have asked Bill what his favorite one was, but um, I failed to do that. Um, but he, I know for a fact, is definitely in love with those. So <laughs> The lemonade and the peach are very popular flavors of the slushies that we've done so far. Ooh, the peach so does sound good. It's very tasty. Fourth of July weekend, peach this Saturday. Peach this Saturday. It will be a peach. We will have peach <laughs> and lemonade this Saturday. Not sure what the third color or third flavor will be this weekend, but both of those <laughs> will be. So, and you hear us talk about, you know, non-alcoholic slushies for the kids, as well as the cup of hot chocolate without alcohol for the sure. kids. We're definitely family friendly. And um, dog friendly. And correct? dog friendly. Yes. And dog friendly. We have a, um, our son is 12 now. He was three when, when we opened the business and he's pretty much been raised here. A lot of times you'll see him hanging out um, in here. So definitely family friendly. And we actually just got a new dog within the last two or three months. Um, and so, you'll see him out here a lot of times on Saturdays as well. So um. phenomenal. I, mean, I know there's, I know my son for one, they're always looking for somewhere that they can take the dog with them because they don't necessarily want to leave him locked up on a Saturday all day, right. you know, right. while they're, you know, going out. So the dog friendly is a very important to a lot of people. Um, what are your best selling products? Um, so if you want to talk about moonshine flavors, certainly the sea salt caramel is the best seller. Yes. Right if you haven't had it, you need to try it. <laughs> um, and then as far as just overall highest volume, um, you're probably looking at low water vodka. Um, and honestly, our, our, our bourbons are some of the most popular too. The, the problem is, you know, we're a small distillery. We only have so much bourbon. Right. So and it, it takes years to make this stuff. You know, we're, we're bottling bourbon that's around four and a half years, getting close to five years old now. Um, so it's not something we can make quickly. If we say, oh, we need more bourbon, we can make more bourbon, but it's five years before it's ready. Um, We're going to have to wait. Right. <laughs> right. Patience. That's right. Patience. Patience. Um, now, um, I, re I did read something that you know, like with everybody in business, you're always trying to think about what, you know, what we, can we do next? I, something about adopt a barrel. Is that? Yes. So um, we actually haven't really announced anything with this yet. Um, it, and But it's certainly an idea that we've thrown around. We, we've kind of got it figured out now. Um, so in the bourbon world, um, single barrels and private barrels are a really big thing. You get a bourbon club come in and we actually just had one in a week ago. Um, they came in and, and sampled some barrels to figure out which barrel they want to buy. So it'll end up being a, a barrel that we put an extra label on that says, you know, this barrel was picked by this club and, and here's the barrel number and that kind of thing. Um, finished barrels of bourbon get fairly expensive, right? Yeah. So what the thought is, is we will offer, you know, essentially different price points. And at different price points, you get more control. So if you come in and say, I want to pick a barrel and turn around and have you bottle it pretty quickly, then, you know, we're looking at four and five-year-old barrels um, and we're going to turn around and, and bottle it and it's going to be a fairly high price. If you get a younger barrel, then we don't have to charge quite as high a price for it, but we also can't bottle it yet. So, you know, the example would be you come in and we'll, let you sample like some two-year-old barrels. 
right? Well, all of our labels say straight bourbon whiskey and they don't have an age statement on them. So we cannot put that label on two year old bourbon. It's gotta be at least four. Um, so you get a different price point, a lower price point, um, because it's two years old, you have mm -hmm. to wait a couple of years before we can barrel it. The other thing that affords you though, is you get to pick when it gets barreled. So if you like it at four years old, great. Um, if you want to let it get five or six, we'll let it sit on our bourbon stack and you, know, you can come in and, and try it from time to time. And whenever you say, yep, I'm ready for you to bottle it, we'll bottle it for you. So that's going to be our barrel adoption program. Yeah, um, it sounded well, a little bit. I, you know, was able to read. It sounded pretty good, um, like a pretty great idea, um, especially for like you said, people. You've got bourbon clubs. I know there's one in our neighborhood. I think they meet on Wednesday. Night. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, <laughs> they really, but they really like bourbon. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, for those kind of people, that's. I can see them getting pretty excited about. It. I've tried it, and no offense to bourbon makers, I. Just haven't, I haven't found the one I like yet. Maybe it's yours. Um, I, haven't, I haven't tasted it, <laughs> but um, yeah. But let, I was gonna ask, can we go see um, where you guys make this stuff? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> oh, this is cool. All right, so this looks like something from outer space. So this is where it all happens. So this is where the magic happens. Um, everything inside of this room here is our boiler room that generates steam to run our big pieces of equipment over here. So the guy on the right is called our mash tun. That's where we add all of our grains. If we're cooking only corn whiskey, we'll add 1,700 pounds of corn in there, add some water, get it up to temperature, and then we'll add enzymes. Those enzymes break down your starches into sugars, and from there, then those sugars are more easily fermented. Well, that takes a couple of hours. From there, we pump our grains and our kind of a slurry mixture of those grains and that water. We'll pump that into our square tank. So from there, tomorrow, like I said, we're gonna pump that into the still here. And so what is that making? So this is making almost like a beer. It's gonna be something eight, nine, 10% alcohol. It's a low percentage alcohol. Um, from there, you're gonna put it into the still, and this is really where the magic happens. And that magic is that alcohol boils at a lower temperature than water. So your alcohol is going to boil off in the 170 degree range, and your, of course your water wouldn't boil until 212 degree Fahrenheit. So at that point, your alcohol is bubbling up as a vapor essentially, and it'll go through these different, those little sight glasses that almost look like a submarine. <laughs> through there, depending on how many, each of them have their own separate valve, but depending on how many are cut on or off, um, it'll go up through those, and then each of those are a distillation step, and then come up into our top skinny pipe and go down into this really large um, pipe here at the end, and that is our condenser. So that alcohol vapor will condense down into a liquid, and I believe there's actually some alcohol in here from our last run. So those at home can't smell this, but you will be able to smell oh. it. <laughs> Great. And uh, <laughs> this is some nice, probably 180-ish oh. proof, nice and... Wow. Woo. Nice and yes, in there. absolutely. Smell that. Um, so everything that comes out of the still runs off clear. Um, 
from there, it will take on color two ways. So we this, went from this stuff, this stuff to that. Yes. Okay. That's exactly. <laughs> everything, everything comes out clear. All distilled spirits are always clear, just like in this barrel. From there, takes on color two ways. One way would be some sort of flavoring that we add to it. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, we have a honey shine. We use local Lexington County honey. We add that to our clear moonshine. And that takes on that kind of yellowish color from the honey. Um, Another way it takes on color is our aging processes, which is what you're seeing behind you here in the barrels. Mm -hmm. We have a little show and tell back here where you can see what actually happens inside those barrels. Uh, you would put a clear spirit inside of your, inside of your barrel. It's gonna look just like this. From there, after a year aging, look like this, two years, three years, and four years. So it gets darker over time because it pulls all that color out of the wood. Mm -hmm. You see, this is actually a piece that was inside one of the barrels that we cut apart. And you can see this nice dark line here. That's how far the liquor soaked into the wood. Oh, wow. So you can see that. And then the other show and tell that we always do is our different types of barrels. So you have a charred barrel and you have a toasted barrel. So your char bourbons are always finished in a charred barrel. You've got a char level three, a char level four, and a char level five. Um, and from there, we actually use a char level three and a half. So it's kind of between these two. Mm -hmm. Then you also have a toasted barrel. So both of our bourbons are finished in char, so they will be classified as a bourbon, but one of our bourbons that we do is finished in a toasted barrel. And so that toasted barrel is gonna look like this. You have a light, a medium, and a dark, or a heavy toast. Um, and they, this actually gets hotter on the inside when they do this to the barrels than the char. The char is done by burning. The toasted is done by using infrared heat. And so you can look closely and maybe you can see it on camera, but there's a couple of sparkles that you may see underneath the lights here. Those sparkles are where the wood has crystallized into sugars that's gotten so hot. Huh. So a toasted barrel finish will give you a little sweetness from those crystallized sugars on the inside. So like I said, one of the bourbons we do is also finished in a toasted barrel. Um, we've got a couple of different barrels sitting here. Again, we talked about using local honey and we'll talk about this um, additionally with that local honey and then our local, These some of these barrels came out of Bamberg, South Carolina. <laughs> and um, we also have that cooperage had closed up. So we've used some out of Bayside Cooperage in Virginia. So we try to get stuff as locally as we can. You can tell from my accent, we're from here. <laughs> we like to use local as much as we can. Um, good old Gilbert girl. Good old Gilbert girl. That's nice. <laughs> so, so yeah, so this is essentially where all the magic happens. You start out from that corn slurry mush mixture um, and go all the way to a finished clear spirit. If it's something like a moonshine or a vodka, you're gonna finish at that distillation step and then you'll add um, you know, distilled water to proof it down to the correct proof or you would add flavoring to get it to your correct proof um, and then it would be ready to go. Your bourbons are gonna come and sit in barrels just like this. And then the last part is bottling. We've got a forehead bottler and I can certainly walk you over to the bottling sink. So yeah, so how is how many, how much of this do you do at a time? Like you said, this comes out that's, tomorrow. That's a great question. So we start out, like I said, if this is going to be corn whiskey in particular that we're making right now. So that was right. 1,700 pounds of corn um, in an 800-gallon batch. 
that 800 gallons is going to be cooked off will make 80-ish, 90-ish gallons of finished product. Um, and that's essentially finished, you know, at whatever proof is in the bottle, let's say 90 proof. Okay, cool. And so you add flavoring and stuff over we here. Add flavoring in the blue drums if it would have a flavoring or if it's something like a vodka that we're going to proof down to 80 proof. We would proof that with distilled water. be done in these blue drums and then we would hook up a tube to there. You can see some of our local hunting sitting there that we just picked up from yeah. the farm yesterday. <laughs> uh, and so that local honey is going to be added to some moonshine here pretty soon. But you can come around and see our, we have a forehead bottler. All the bottles are done by hand here. Everything. And how long does this process take? So you get two or three people around the table, you can can knock out quite a number of cases and uh, you know, in an hour, two hours. And so uh, we actually just had, we do sell spirits also, um, you know, outside of here. So they go to different liquor stores. And so we just sent out um, an order Tuesday uh, and so those were bottled up. We got all of our cases together, start stacking them on pallets and wrap them up and they're ready to go. Cool. Yeah, this is really neat. Like I said, that looks like something out of a spaceship. How did y'all learn how to do all this? So part of it's trial and error, right? Once you get into it, you learn quickly. Um, the other part, and, and what I tell everybody is, find a distillery that's in the business already and offer free labor. Uh, usually pretty willing to let you work for free and, and you learn more doing it for a couple of weeks than you will reading a textbook for years. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, interesting. Well, thanks for the tour. So guys, that was pretty neat. Again, um, it looks like something out of a, you know, a movie, a spaceship or something, but that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool by there. And it's nice and shiny too. Um, <laughs> uh, now is there, it wasn't air conditioned, but is it, it wasn't terribly hot in there. I mean, I know it's a big building, um, but so you're not supposed to air condition because of the barrels or is it you just chose, haven't chosen to? Well, I a couple of different things. Number one, we haven't chosen to. Um, you don't. You <laughs> it don't is really a big building. <laughs> it, it's a big building and it's a production building, so you know it's. Eh, right. Don't really need it. Um, the other thing is that we do have some barrels in there aging, and actually temperature fluctuation is really good for those. So as it gets hot, the the bourbon absorbs into the barrel more, and as it gets cold, kind of gets pushed back out of the wood, um, and that honestly is what helps age your bourbon. Um, so. Temperature fluctuation is a good thing. We want it hot in the summer and cold in the winter, uh, which makes it a little bit inconvenient for tours, um, but people don't seem to mind too much. It's really not that hot over there. And speaking of tours, do you give tours? I mean, do you have times, again, maybe on your events calendars, or is that something y'all do? Yes, we do give tours anytime we're open. Um, oh, okay. Thursday afternoon, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Saturdays sometimes get a little busy and, and we'll kind of limit it. Uh, we've got a few places out there that tours are 11, 1, 3, and 5. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But if we can accommodate outside of those times, we always will. Sure. Um, but if sure. we've got a packed house and, you know, only four or five people working that day, it's yeah. going to be 11, 1, 3, and 5. 
Right? <laughs> I we, gotcha. We usually will do the tour first. So if it is a little warm, we'll bring folks back in here where the air condition is and serve them a couple of drinks. And then they don't mind anymore. That's right. right. Yeah, and, it, and it wasn't bad. I know it's earlier in the day, but it wasn't bad um, at all. But um, I know that a lot of the area, I guess, behind that building is shaded. But um, I'm sure that doesn't help on those really, really hot, hot <laughs> summer August days. Um, but, but thank y'all so much for allowing me to be here today. This is phenomenal. I mean, this is just, I mean, it's beautiful. Um, and that was, like I said, very interesting. And um, I appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And we hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a person, business, idea, an event that Lexington needs to know more about, email me, local at for all things lexington.com that's the number for y'all this episode was brought to you by the real estate agents at home matters building on service relationships and on what matters to you find out how you matter and how they can help you with buying and selling your home at homematterssc.com